Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Hello and welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli. And I hope you didn't miss me last week because I actually did have to skip an episode. And the reason for that is I was busy closing on two additional rental properties in the Kansas City metro area, but I had my financing go a little sideways. And so I had to scramble for a few days to kind of put it back together and get it back on track. So I'm happy to say that I have got that back on track and I am looking to close on that this week. So today I wanted to talk about the concept of investing in turnkey properties. Investors sometimes ask me, if I had to go back and do it all over again, uh, what would I do different? What did I learn? And really, it's just about the journey of where I where I started and how I got to where I am. And, and, and it's not going to be a long story. I'm just going to try and do this in 10 or 15 minutes. But um, I guess people just want to know, you know where I started and how I got to where I'm at. So if I was to just kind of rewind the clock and tell you where I started... I was only 18 years old when I bought my first investment property. And I have to tell you, at that time, it was an exciting time and a scary time. In fact, I had never read a book or taken a course on real estate up to that point. I only really had experience in rental properties uh, through helping my parents and my aunts and uncles renovate a single property they bought as a group when when I was in my early teens. It really was a family project. And it really was the only rental property that they ever bought and fixed up. I think it was more daunting and more work than they anticipated. So it ended up taking weeks to get done. It was a job that was done in the evenings and on weekends because everybody had a full-time job. We were in school, so it was really kind of a side project, if you will. But my first investment property was a rundown two-story townhome that needed a decent amount of work and upgrading. I was able to purchase it with financing because the lender considered the property to be livable and I qualified for the financing because I was employed for over two years with a good paying job and it was a part-time job. But I then hired my uncle who was a general contractor and with the help of my immediate family for some of the demolition, we jumped in to get the property cleaned, upgraded and prepared to lease. And that project probably took a couple of weeks. But I recall running an ad in the local paper, and remember back then there were there were uh, no no iPhones and there was no internet, so it was the newspaper, uh, or you stuck a sign in the yard. But I would have people come by the property to fill out applications while we continued working on the property inside, and I had absolutely no experience in screening tenants, so I'm sure I relied on my gut feeling at least as much as you know what they wrote on their applications, but. I kept that property and managed it for mm, probably a few years before I decided to sell it and I made a nice profit on it. All in all, it was a very good experience and one that I can look back and reflect on. But the property was local to me. The price was right and I was ambitious enough to literally jump in and just do it. You know, the old Nike slogan, just do it. My biggest regret though with that first property was selling it. Over time, the market value exceeded 10 times the price I originally paid for it. And I can't imagine what the cash flow would be like today if I had kept it. Uh, It probably would be free and clear. um, And I would be raking in, who knows? Uh, 
I would have to imagine that that property rents for $2,500 to $3,000 a month right now. Anyway, I had a lack of strategy. So fast forward to 2003, I had bought and sold several properties up to this point, and now I was getting the itch to start investing again. Real estate was booming all across the country, and it seemed that you couldn't lose regardless of where you chose to invest. I just knew I had to get back in the game. Before buying my next property, I'd signed up for a very expensive set of boot camps offered by a well-known real estate author and guru and someone who I actually respected because he walked his talk. And as I traveled from city to city taking on these boot camps and spending time with wannabe real estate investors, I came to the realization that most new and wannabe investors lacked a clear investment strategy. At the time, this also included myself. I wanted to literally do it all. Uh, so I quickly started implementing every strategy and was being shown everything under the sun. I mean, this was just overwhelming at the time because I just figured I had to just put my finger in every area and do everything that I was being shown. And it, it, it's not that I was a green or newbie real estate investor. It's just that everything looked good and sounded good. And that was really the problem. You see, when you look at wholesaling and rehabbing using general contractors, um, you know, you get involved in buy and hold residential properties. You start buying a few small apartment buildings like I did. And even the creation of an apartment syndication, which I eventually decided to stop pursuing, you get spread too thin. And being spread so thin was problematic and stressful, but what I learned was invaluable. The biggest lesson that I learned through that experience was that it is best to really focus on one strategy you enjoy the most and you can do the best at. Only after you've created systems and you've mastered that first strategy should you consider branching out into new and additional strategies. So I have to admit that I was never a big fan of wholesaling or rehabbing properties. And that's not to say that uh, they are not good strategies for someone else. But for me, I quickly fell in love with the rent-ready passive investment properties. Um, you know, what you might call turnkey properties. So what is a turnkey quote-unquote investment property? Most of the early properties I had bought came from the multiple listing service or what we just refer to as the MLS. The MLS was not my favorite source to find properties, but it made it somewhat easy because I could filter and sort by using any criteria I wanted. It was like finding the proverbial needle in a haystack, but the deals were definitely out there. And, you know, of course... Anytime you're buying property off the MLS, there's always some level of negotiation expected by the sellers. So often you end up creating your own good deals. And depending on what the market conditions are, you may have to look at 10, 20, 30, 50, even maybe 100 properties before you find that one, two, or three that you could write an offer on and get some sort of response back or uh, an acceptance on your contract. And I was doing that back in 2004, 2005. I was writing a lot of offers. But as I invested in dozens of properties over the years, I found that the quickest, easiest, and least stressful properties I bought were the quote-unquote rent-ready ones. More specifically, I found that new construction properties were my favorite because aside from doing basic due diligence and hiring your professional property manager to lease up and manage the property, there was very little to do. And that's why I do like new construction a lot. But, you know, you don't find new construction all the time. Uh, markets and the real estate landscape changes. It goes through cycles and, 
And so depending on what supply and demand uh, dynamics are, you, you'll either see very few, if any, new construction, or you'll see a lot of new construction. So it's, it's a matter of timing. Of course, today there are multiple sources to find yourself properties, including bird dogs. Bird dogs are those people that go out and look for distressed property situations, whether they're distressed properties or distressed sellers. And they may put those properties under contract or just let you know about them in exchange for a fee. Uh, essentially, if they put it under contract, you are um, uh, paying them a fee for that contract in order for them to assign it over to you. You can find properties through wholesalers. And again, these are going to be distressed properties. You can purchase retail properties from retail sellers. Often this will be off your MLS. Auctions, uh, you could work with a local real estate agent. You could just get on the MLS yourself uh, if you have access. If not, you could go to websites such as Zillow or Trulia and, uh, and do a search. Uh, you can go directly to new home builders. Many of them work with real estate investors. A lot of them choose not to, uh, and that's just a matter of choice. It's their preference. And of course, there are turnkey property providers. When I was getting started, I don't think there was a definition of what a, quote, turnkey property or a, quote, turnkey investing strategy was. I think for the most part, people simply referred to turnkey property as, quote, rent-ready property and turnkey investing as simply passive real estate investing. But today, there is no formal definition still of what a turnkey investment property really is. Now, there's more and more talk about it, and you're starting to see it more often on forums and, and on um, podcasts and articles. But most people, I think, have a basic idea of what it might, might be or probably means. But judging from the questions I get from all of my investment clients, I can tell you that the definition is still somewhat nebulous. If you ask 10 people what a turnkey property is, you'll probably get 10 slightly different answers. So I have two definitions for what a turnkey investment property is, but my most basic definition is this. It's simply a safe, clean, and functional property that is completely rent ready. That is a very clear, clean, simple definition. However, over the years and through my own personal experience, I've refined and expanded that basic definition to what I use today, both personally and for our investor clients through Norada Real Estate Investments. So when you talk to one of our investment counselors, this is basically the definition that we use today for a turnkey investment property. And that is a property in a stable or growth market, a property in a desirable neighborhood, a new or newly rehabbed property, and again, that means safe, clean, and functional. A property that is leased or in the process of being leased, because ideally you want to have a tenant placed and a tenant in there paying rent every month, and you want that occupancy up all the time. A property that is under professional property management. And last but not least, a property that is cash flow positive. So if you're a rehabber or someone who likes to buy fix and, fix and hold properties, then incorporating the above definition you know, into your investment strategy is gonna help lower your overall risk. Now, this expanded and more detailed definition has helped narrow down the markets and neighborhoods where I look for rent-ready properties, and that makes sense from a location and a financial perspective. So often, that means investing out of state for many, many people, and particularly me being here in, in California. So why invest out of state? Well, being a resident of Orange County, California, 
I've witnessed property values explode from 1998 through to about 2006, 2007. Now, I live in a cyclical real estate market that is very expensive. Sometimes I refer to our market as a bubble market. As the years have gone by, my ability to find properties that have made sense locally decreased rapidly. And today, and this has been going on for many years, the uh, rent to value ratio is so low where I live that you'd have to buy most properties with all cash, meaning no financing, or with a very large down payment to get that positive cash flow or any kind of return that is uh, you know, reasonable. Of course, there are always exceptions in every market. For example, a distressed seller or a distressed property with a low purchase price could make the numbers work favorably. I find those situations are actually far and few between though, and the amount of time it takes to find them is not worth it, for at least not for me. So that's a strategy better suited for wholesalers and flippers. The scenario in my local market is similar to those in many other markets around the country. And in general terms, the same situation exists in other local markets around the U.S. And this is particularly true along the coastal markets in states like New York, New Jersey, Hawaii, Connecticut, um, of course, California, and up the, uh, the West Coast. The fact is this. Every market is unique and has its own local economy and other factors that affect its housing market. Therefore, while one market is experiencing economic growth, like jobs and population growth, another geographically different market can be experiencing an overall economic decline. And again, I use Detroit as an example not to pick on it, but if you look at D Detroit, it has been in decline for many decades. Now, there may be some changes there here recently and a little bit of turnaround or turnover in, in some of these areas within the Detroit metro area, but I use it just as an example to show you the differences between a market experience economic decline versus something that is completely different, like a market that experiences growth um, in jobs and population. And, you know, maybe the poster child for that are the Texas markets like Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, etc., so where would you rather invest? Although I place cash flow at the top of the list when it comes to any investment, the health of the market is the make or break factor for me in real estate. Investing in a stable or growing market reduces your risk and it increases your long-term growth potential. It's amazing to me that you can purchase a three-bedroom property in Southern California for more than 10 times the price of a three-bedroom property in many other good markets in the Midwest, in Texas, in Tennessee, Alabama, you know, states and, and areas that we are active in and have been for many, many years. And those are the markets or some of the markets that we recommend to our clients. You know, that property in California will not likely cash flow, while the property in other states will cash flow well and produce very good rates of return. And another benefit to out-of-state investing is this. It's the ability to leverage your investment capital. If I had $100,000 to invest in my local market, I might be able to purchase one $500,000 property using 20% down. In other words, my $100,000. But I would be lucky if that property produced a good positive cash flow. I would be very lucky, but it's highly unlikely. So taking my same $100,000 of investment capital, I could purchase five properties priced at $100,000 each in another prudent market where it makes financial sense to do so. Your cash flow would be higher 
and you now control five properties instead of just the one here in California. So most of the risk in real estate lies in the land value of the properties. This is an important concept to understand. In markets where land values are very high, there is increased risk of those land values coming down. And when they do come down, they often come down very far and sometimes fairly rapidly compared to the rise. So now contrast that to the less expensive markets where land values are low. In those markets, your risk is mitigated by the fact that land values cannot drop below zero. It's just impossible. I mean, land could go down, but it's never worth less than zero. So your exposure in land value price changes are far, far lower. And to me, this is true risk mitigation. So related to fluctuations in land values, there is another major benefit to out-of-state investing, and that is this, it's diversification. Because every market is local and they move independently of one another, it really just makes sense to invest across multiple markets. That is true diversification within this asset class of real estate or rental real estate, if you want to call it that. I believe it makes the most sense to focus on one market at a time and accumulate from, let's say, three to five properties in that one market, income properties. And then once you've added those three to five properties to your portfolio, what you can do is diversify into another, a second prudent market that is geographically different than that first one. So typically that means focusing on another state. I made the mistake back in 2004 of investing in too many properties in the same market. And then a few years later, that market turned down. You know, this was in the 2006 timeframe, uh, maybe early 2007. But that market turned down and the value of my properties dropped and they dropped altogether. So I could have limited my exposure in that market by simply buying my other properties in other markets, in different markets. And so I would have diversified in three, four, five different markets. And sure, they may have gone down too, and maybe not as much as that particular market I was in at the time. But, uh, uh, but you know, it just, it just lowers the exposure and softens the impact should there be a downturn in, in one market more so than in another market. So am I suggesting that you invest out of state? Not necessarily. I'm simply suggesting that you invest where the numbers make sense. So if I had to start all over again, I get asked this question from time to time. Um, I guess you don't know what you don't know. And you learn what you don't know by educating yourself, learning from others, taking action, learning from your experiences. That's simply how it works. I really wish I knew what I know today back when I got started. That knowledge would have accelerated my wealth creation. But fortunately, that knowledge is not wasted because it's just as valuable today as it would have been for me back then. I can also use it and share that valuable knowledge with my family and my friends and our clients. And that's exactly what we do today. So knowing what I know today, I would focus on acquiring as many turnkey properties as possible in multiple growth markets around the United States. And again, I'm using my expanded definition of turnkey here. I would also purchase a mixture of single family, duplex and fourplex properties with probably a heavy focus on the single family properties in the beginning. And finally, if I was starting all over again today, there is absolutely no question that I would begin by doing research to find the best real estate markets to be investing my cash. It is very clear to me that it's the best way to lower your risk, maximize your returns, and diversify your portfolio as best as you possibly can. 
So anyway, that's a quick overview, and I hope that has been helpful. If you have any questions about any of these topics I talked about, or if you want me to expand on any of them, please do let me know. You could always send me an email, send it directly to marco at noradarealestate.com, or you could fill out the contact form at passiverealestateinvesting.com, which is the hosting site for our podcast. Anyway, I hope that's been helpful. And thanks to all of you who have been posting some great five-star reviews on iTunes. We really appreciate you doing that. More importantly, we appreciate you sharing our podcast with your friends and family. And, uh, and of course, posting reviews on iTunes helps us spread the word because iTunes does consider that and gives us a better ranking. Anyway, I appreciate you being a listener. And if you haven't subscribed to our show, please do so by clicking on that little blue subscribe button. And we look forward to seeing you on our next episode. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the U.S. Our simple, proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of the ultimate guide to passive real estate investing at noradarealestate.com slash guide. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com slash guide. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights and media interviews, please contact the host.